Alright everybody, it is May. It's gonna be May. And it's gonna do Justin Timberlake owns a month. The NFL <laughs> owns a day. Justin Timberlake owns a month. And yes. I've heard he's also pretty big into Facebook. <laughs> he's a big Zuckerberg fan. Uh, no, he, so, didn't he play him? No, he didn't no, play him. He played like his friend or something. I don't know. Rival. Uh, rival. That's no, he wasn't his rival. It was his it was his buddy. It was his I second think they were rival. buddies and then they became rivals. Because the one guy comes in like breaks his laptop. Who's the guy from Napster? Justin Timberlake was? Yeah, you're right. Justin Timberlake started Napster and Facebook? Yep. Damn. That's tight. <laughs> so more importantly, on today's episode, uh, last week was the draft. So we want to recap that. Last weekend, NFL draft happened. Uh, so we are going to recap that. We want to talk about players that we liked, didn't like. Um, we're going to do a two-round mock draft today. We're not going to do the full five like we will in our actual league because that'll just take too much time and that's so much speculation. Uh, but we do want to do the first two rounds. So we got a special guest here today, Chris Matre. He might talk, he might not. Who knows? Um, so he's the team mascot. He is a turtle. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, but yeah, let's get into it. All right, let's do it. So, hopping into it, we are back in the garage for a nice night of yes. uh, smoking and casting in the rain. Uh, we have to hit up our off-season segment first, mm. beer review. Yes. Uh, I'll go first because I'm drinking a different beer than you guys. I am drinking Killian's. It's a rare Irish red, super hard to find. Uh, it's kind of got like a multi-flavor to it, but I mean, I mean, if you can find it on your local shelves, I, I doubt you can. It's pretty rare. Pretty hard to find. Pretty hard to find. Uh, then uh, I think you're really gonna like it if you go pick this beer up. I'll give it a, I'll give it a modest ten out of ten. <laughs> I am drinking. Well, I was drinking a Moorline uh, Pacer, which is a Citra Pale Ale. That was bad. Tastes like piss. Uh, yeah, it tasted like water. It was, it was just bad. And then I tried to drink a Moorline. Uh, third wave IPA that was also bad. Tasted like poop. So I found out I don't like Moorline. I'm sorry, Cincinnati. Uh, so now I'm drinking a Modelo, which just tastes like any Mexican beer. Hey, the South will rise. Oh my God. The South, South. <laughs> uh, Matre also has a Modelo and a little bit of whiskey going on. So you know the old uh, Irish car. No, that's not the Irish car. Mom, what's it called? Sidecar. Sidecar. Is yeah. it sidecar? Sidecar. Yeah. Yeah. Boilermaker. Boilermaker. That's, that's right. It. That's right. That's right. Dude, we should start doing picklebacks. Never mind. That's oh, us. Gosh, no. And listening to Nickelback. Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> Which one's worse? Have you ever had a pickleback? I've listened to Nickelback, so it cannot be worse. Okay, that's true. That's true. That's a good point right there. Uh, let's jump into the waivers that have happened in the last uh, exhausting month of April of trying to uh, just clear out my inbox from Jason texting me every day. <laughs> Uh, we got uh, Steph Smith dropped Flacco. Cheek, why don't you give me your uh, in-depth analysis on this one? Nobody cares. That's right. That's <laughs> so, true. sorry, Joe Flacco, you are dead to us. Yeah, Joe Flacco's done. I mean, I can't believe. So, what, he went to two Super Bowls, won one of them? Yeah. That's the most yeah. shocking Super Bowl winner of all time. Like, I just genuinely forget that he did that because he's just been so mediocre. He and... looks like an average man. He is an average man. That's true. Like, when he's on the sidelines and you got, like, Andy Dalton looking pretty good. All these other quarterbacks that are like looking good, have their hair done, kind of like soccer players, and Joe Flacco looks like he just stumbled out of a car drunk and started throwing passes. <laughs> like he looks, he looks horrible. Uh, so let's jump into. So true. <laughs> it is. He 
just looks like he looks like he's asleep. He looks like he's actually just been done sleeping. Yeah. Uh, or also still sleeping, because that would be the definition of a sleep. Uh, let's jump into trade recap. Let's talk some trades. Yeah. We're, yeah, yeah. we're getting some trades here. Jesus Christ. So first uh, trade that happened just recently, actually, Corey has been super active in the league. He just showed up. I feel like he took a three month sabbatical and he just like was showed up and was like started dealing. Corey sent all three of us yep. trade yep. talk today. And then he uh, he removed mine. I guess I didn't respond to him. Nah, yeah, you gotta move. You gotta move quick. But Corey uh-huh. did act quick. Jason offered up his 109 this year, or one of his late uh, first round rookies because he had so many. Uh, they were burning a hole in his pocket. So he traded to get Corey's 2020 first. What do you guys think about that? It, it always, trading all these like first round picks for other first round picks just, it kind of always strikes me as like, it just has su- there's such a wide range of value available mm-hmm. compared to like a top four first round pick and a bottom four. Yeah, like that that can be really tough. So for Jason to get rid of one of these bottom fours in the chance of maybe getting a top four, I mean the worst thing that happens is that next year he has one of these other guys. This year's draft to me is not super deep. No, I think it's I think it's very level, but I think it's pretty shallow. So, if I'm Jason and I like my team, I actually feel pretty good about it. But also, like, I think it's even. I think it just depends mm-hmm. how you want to play it. I don't think there's, like, any massive winner here. That's, that's just my opinion. Yeah, I think Jason wins because, and sorry, Corey, I'm going to say this. I don't think Corey finishes in the top four. Really? I, like, in order for Jason to break even, Corey finishes at number three. Next year. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm oh, sorry. Top he would actually four. finish I, number four. I thought you were saying bottom four. Bottom yeah, four. I don't think Corey finishes in the top four. I think he's close. He's going to be very close. I think Jason's going to end up with probably the 107, 106, 108, somewhere in that range with this pick. So because of that, it is an upgrade for just standalone value. Now, if Corey were to get, like, Jason's second this year, Jason's third this year, then Corey wins. Right. But that didn't happen. It was a straight one for one. And I think Corey just barely lost out because I don't think he'll finish that, that high. Yeah, I mean, even if he does, like, finish that high, I mean, like, are you really going to be worried about so like if you put it in this year's draft terms like you're talking about if he finishes in the bottom and you're looking at like a AJ Brown, Paris Campbell, like you know, uh TJ Hawkinson kind of thing in the back of the first top of the second mm-hmm. versus like, you know, uh Marquise Brown or DK Metcalf if you finish in like the middle like yep. are you really like clawing to get between those two? Like you're yep. probably not. Yep. And so so I agree like if you don't need that player this year, then then sure, like maybe something, maybe it'll be a really deep year next year, and so it's kind of a lateral move in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there is one other trade that I'd like to go back and kind of recap uh, because we talked about this trade a lot during the season. This was one of the biggest, honestly, one of the biggest trade talks the entire year, and it was between Britain and Steph. So when this trade happened, I got Mueller on it. Let me let me recap. He's the looking trade for collusion. <laughs> let me recap the trade for you. The trade was. Britain gave Britain got Julio Jones and Steph's round five this Which year. Steph got TJ Yeldon, Curtis Samuel, and Britain's first round this year and second round this year. Now let me let me tell you what I think. I think after the draft, Steph won this. That's crazy. It's crazy. I That's know. Crazy. It's crazy. Talk. Here's the thing. You're out, you're off your rocker. Julio Jones is old. He's not old. He's older. He's like 27. That's older. That's not older. Curtis Samuel. Not for a wide how, receiver. How old is Curtis Samuel? I don't know. 25. 22. He is 22 years old. 21. No, I think he's 22. Yeah, but Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel. The is, Panthers just got rid of Devin Funches. So the only receivers there are Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. That, nah, 
Well, yes, that's that's yeah. factually true. Yeah, they did. They <laughs> didn't draft somebody. They didn't go out and spend high draft capital. So that reassures me that Curtis Samuel is someone that they depend on. I'm not saying Curtis Samuel is going to outscore Julio Jones, but she also has T.J. Yeldon, who just got traded to the Bears. Yeah, but T.J. You're talking about old people. T.J. Yeldon's like 32. No, no, no he's like I think he's 26. No. He's definitely not. He's definitely old I'm, as shit. I'm going I'm to vet that. I'll, I'll look it up. You keep talking you about why you think you're right. So I, TJ Yeldon, I don't think is going to turn into some... He's like, 25. How 25. is he 25? Exactly. Right? You think he's older. You think like he's some old busted guy. He just hasn't played in the league. He's been behind Leonard Fournette all this time. Not that I think Chris he's going to have Chris Ivory is the 31-year-old. Yeah, Chris Ivory is super old. Yeah. Julio is 30. Yeah, Julio's no, 30. What? He's up there, dude. I just know no one's age. You've had an age. I have not been within... At, 20% of these people's ages the entire time. How old are you, Matt? I'm 38. Okay. You're close. <laughs> yeah. You're getting there. So I, I think just those two players alone, I see more value now than when she initially did the trade. On top of that, she got Britain's first and second this year. The second is kind of a wash to me. It's a late second. It's the it's the 112 and the 212. But that 112 can mean a lot because Steph's already got her 1-4. She's got another 2-1. So she has three picks inside the top 13, yep. so she can make bold moves. I was say, she can do some good hesitate. stuff. So I, I actually think Steph may have come back after the draft, and I'm really excited to see what she does with her picks, and I, I say, think she could win it. it. Now that you've laid out the case, it can definitely pan out that way, but in my mind, Julio has never had any health issues. Yep. He's never looked like he's breaking yep. down. He. He really doesn't take like a lot of huge hits because he just seems to be like open. Yeah. So he's not like making all these crazy contested catches. So like it wouldn't shock me if he went for another couple of years at like top level, like yep. really high performance. I can see that. Where so so to have a bunch of young shots, yeah, sure. Could it come out on Steph's favor? Like, yes, it could. And like it maybe was that the move she needed to make being at the bottom of the league and you know, Britain the move he needed to make being at the top of the league? Like, yeah, definitely. Totally. I mean Britain won. Like he literally just actually shit on all of us for four weeks straight to the playoffs or 200 <laughs> points a week. So maybe it ends up that it was a good move for both of those teams. Because, I mean, those back of the first round, early second round picks, like, they're shots, but, like, they can be valuable. I mean, I got Baker at 111 last year. Like, yeah. And that's a good – I mean, and I, shit, Tyreek out. He might be my starting quarterback. Who knows what's happening with my team right now. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean – that when you started, that was that was a hot take, and and now it's a it's a medium it's a medium take. It's a me, yeah. I'm not saying take. it's full on like Steph one. Curtis Samuel's gonna outscore Julio. That, I'm not gonna say that. Yeah, I mean, but, to, so to me, like Curtis Samuel. Whenever we talk about like Curtis Samuel and age and other receivers, like whenever teams like don't back up the players that they just happen to have on their roster because they did other things, to me, never necessarily means like oh we believe in you. It's just like well, if we're gonna get because like. Let's just imagine that they went out and got a wide receiver talent, and then if you don't have an O line, then your wide receiver talent doesn't matter. Yeah, I guess so. Like maybe they're just kind of treating this year as like, well, we'll just Carter Samuels, whatever, and then we'll just go get some talent next year. Like, yeah, maybe definitely I, possible. I don't know. So that's why it's not deterministic to me, but it definitely does definitely does help speak to it. Uh, so let's get into the N. Oh wait, there was one more trade that happened three weeks ago. This is uh, breaking news to me. This <laughs> trade is uh, Matre brought this up, so thank you, Chris Matre, our uh, official researcher. Um, this <laughs> trade was between Tyler Griffin and John Neffley. John oh, Neffley yeah. gained Joe Mixon and John Ross plus a 2019 second mm-hmm. for Christian McCaffrey. Big, big trade. 
That's a lot of action That's just for Christian McCaffrey. Yep. McCaffrey's also big. He is a monster. Have you seen the picture of him? Jesus. He's looking he's looking small. My gosh. Man has been in the gym. He's doing auditions for the Hulk in Endgame. Man <laughs> has clearly you haven't seen Endgame yet. I have uh, not. I have not yet. Uh, <laughs> no spoilers on this episode. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean so Joe Mixon, John Ross, and a 2019 second. <clears throat> 2019 second? Yes. Yep. For Christian McCaffrey, what do you think about that? Now, this is effectively live reaction because Cheek and I forgot about this yeah, one. Yeah, I forgot about this one. I, I mean, I've already kind of given Griff my take on it. it. It's tough because I really believe in Christian McCaffrey. But I think he oversold. Say, I also really believe in Joe Mixon. I, yeah, I'm the same way. I like Joe Mixon a lot. John Ross, I don't. John Ross I don't is nothing. He's, he's a flash-in-the-pan yeah, player. Like, he's nothing. Nephley's probably not going to start him a single week this year. And if he does, he's probably going to regret it because he's going to score like four points. Or he's going to score 20. Right. That, that's his range of outcomes is only those two numbers. Right. Um, so I, I think that Griff kind of oversold a little bit. But he was really excited to get McCaffrey. And now Griff has David Johnson and Christian McCaffrey, which is two very strong Good ratings. combo. It's a good yeah. combo. But before he had Joe Mixon. And yeah. David Johnson. So it was like, ah, it was an upgrade, but you gave more than I think you should have. Yeah, I think it's I think it's mostly a lateral move in power for these two teams because mm-hmm. these were two, like you said, strong running back teams. Yeah. But Griffin was upgrading his running back for effectively a a, 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 a no one in my mind no one wide receiver, but John wanted him on his team, so probably yep. means he's amazing. Um, <laughs> and, a, and a second rounder next or uh, this year, which again. John can do things with these picks that normal humans just can't. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I'm nervous to draft after him anytime I have to. So. Yeah, it's really scary. Uh, or before him, because you know that, like... He's thinking about what I'm picking. Exactly. He knows what I'm going to pick. He knows what you're... And, and, like, as soon as he does it, he's going to have that look on his face like, idiot. You should have taken <laughs> You should have taken this guy. And then he's just going to, like, smash it. And then you're going to be like, ah, I should have taken that guy! <laughs> it's the worst. Uh, but, yeah, I think... It, it's most. I'm gonna say it's mostly a lateral move, but I mean, and, and Griffin's second round pick is pretty late. Mm. But I do think that Joe Mixon definitely has the potential to be near a Christian McCaffrey level this year. Yeah. Depending on how the Bengals play out. That being said, CMC is much more locked in as like a top three. Oh my gosh! Back. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So let's let's go before we jump into the mock draft. I want to do a quick kind of draft recap. Uh, we don't want to break it down too much because if you're in this league or you're listening to this podcast, you probably listen to other podcasts uh, and they have a lot more information than we do. Uh, and this podcast is about our league. So let's quick draft recap. I just want to do the favorite landing spots of players that you have and your least favorite player yep. landing spots. Um, so Matt, why don't you go first with your favorite landing spot? Yeah, so mine has got to be David Montgomery. Yeah. Uh, because I think what was amazing about David Montgomery is that the Bears, uh, they only had five picks this draft. Like, they did not have yeah, a lot to work lot, with. Yeah. Um, and they went and got David Montgomery and mm-hmm. actively got rid of Jordan Howard yeah. for effectively nothing. I mean, they gave up a, they got a fifth-round pick back. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's pretty – I mean, yeah, those that's guys garbage. are be shots, but that's, that's effectively nothing. Yeah. So, <clears> I think – to me, what it says, and they they were bringing in a lot of running backs. To me, what it says is like, and, and I like the I like Matt Nagy's offenses. I think he's really creative. Yep. To me, what it says is that if they went and got a running back, that means Matt Nagy wanted that running back. He's got a plan. He's going to do things. Yep. So from a fantasy perspective, I have no idea how it's actually going to plan out. Uh, but from a fantasy perspective, Matt Nagy saw what he wanted to see and made it happen. 
convinced his GM of it. So to me, that's got to be my favorite landing spot of a player. I don't think he's going to be the best fantasy rookie, but if you're talking about a guy that will like overperform his draft capital, I think that's yeah. David Montgomery. Uh, How about you, Chris? Favorite guy? We're going to make you talk. Yeah, talk. I got to go with Josh Jacobs. Just because he's going to be a three-down back, at least that's what they're going to say with Gruden. Yeah. Or what Gruden's going to say. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's the easy one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, McCole Hardman is my McCole favorite. Hardman. Yeah. With the Tyreek news. Because Tyreek will never play a game again. Hey. City. Oh. Hey. Oh. Innocent until proven guilty. Get, oh, my God. Get this man. Get this dictator Goodell out of my life. <laughs> Well, I don't think that matters. He's probably never going to play again for Kansas City, and he probably will never play again in the NFL. He probably will. So he's going... My, I mean, team, he'll be, my team is... He'll be behind Watkins, but outside of that, he's going to Which, a high-powered pass. Can anyone offense. really be behind Sammy Watkins? No. I mean, come on. And McCall Hardman also comps to Tyreek Hill. Yeah, he's fast, exactly. he's small, he can make big, big explosive plays. So high-powered yep. offense for a guy who's filling in for a huge amount of passing. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, my, I like I like that pick a lot. My favorite guy, and I, I actually I, I called this pick, and I'm so proud of myself for calling it. I told Jason, I told Kim, she doesn't care, yeah. uh, but I told her nonetheless. You, you is, talked at her. I talked at her, and she received it, and then let it go immediately. <laughs> uh, my favorite pick of the draft was easily Paris Campbell going to the Colts. I love him as a player. I think he is super versatile. He has a lot of talent and ability to just catch the ball and run all kinds of different routes. So I liked him going into it, and I didn't want them to spend high capital. I wanted them to go after some linemen and defensive players. Make sure Andrew Luck doesn't have to sit out for another year and a half. Yeah, like that's what I want them to do. And then they took Paris Campbell. I think it was like the third pick, uh, third, third round, sorry. Um, and just a great pick. Like, he will immediately – I think he's going to be relevant this year. He's not going to be, like, a top 12 guy. Right, right. But, like, you know, I mean, he's not – he doesn't have the upside of, like, Josh Jacobs or David Montgomery. But I think he's going to be super relevant. I'm really excited to have him on the Colts, being a Colts fan. How about yeah. you guys' least favorites? Least favorite, got to be Marquise Brown. Hollywood Brown going to the Ravens. Because – I and I know, like, all the coach speak and all the, like, whatever beat reporters are talking about. Like, yeah, we're going to make uh, – we're going to make Lamar Jackson throw more. No, you're not. There's just absolutely no way. You're winning games with this that. dude on the ground. He is electric with his legs. Like yep. He's just not going to throw for an epic amount of yards. And he just and he probably shouldn't just because he can't. And like yep. that's not how he changes games. Like He is he's effectively like a better Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill can play tight end, but Lamar Jackson just like actually mixes the game up so differently. Yeah. Um, so, and I love Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill might be my favorite player in the NFL. <laughs> but so, all that to say, like Lamar Jackson, just he's just not going to throw for a bunch. So I think I think that's just going to be a lot of like potential fantasy talent mm. laid to waste. That's that's my personal opinion. Mm. Yeah, I think mine is Andy Isabella, and th- this one's kind of a tough one because uh, again, I like Andy Isabella a lot, and I don't think that he'll necessarily be bad in the NFL. But they also drafted Akeem Butler, and there's so much hype around Akeem Butler. On top of that, Andy Isabella is coming into an offense where they just drafted Kyler Murray. He's clearly their one. Right. And, like, I'm sorry, but most guys don't do what Baker did last year. No, they don't. That's not the norm, and I don't expect Kyler Murray to do that. I mean, Baker literally don't broke, show that. broke the record. Yeah. So, so literally only one person has done what Baker did last exactly. year. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't expect Kyler to do that. I expect him to be good long term. But not this year, and that's yeah. why I don't love Andy Isabella for this year because they also took a King Butler and they got a new quarterback. Yep. 
two years down the road, their offense is going to be great. And they've got other first-round pick floating out there, Christian Kirk. Yeah, you know. they still have Christian Kirk, that whole thing. That was a shot at Jason. <laughs> How about you, Chris? For least favorite? Mm-hmm. Uh, DK. Because I'm super excited about him coming into the draft. Yeah. Physical specimen. No. <laughs> he is... Just a monster I mean, of a human. I expect to see him on our planet sometimes. He's very... <laughs> I was Where they just, like, find him somewhere. Look at this beast. It's like killing lions. <laughs> Especially with the Tyreek news coming out, I was hoping that somehow the Chiefs were going to oh, get him because I was seeing him floating to the top of the board. Man, that, that would have been awesome. goes to Seattle, his only hope is that Baldwin never plays again, which is looking... Possible. Possible. I, I would say probable. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh... And then he has Pete Carroll taking off his shirt for him. Dude, so that, yes. He's got that going for him. But outside of that, it's just not a super high-powered passing offense. Yeah, I mean, they literally say, like, all the time, like, we want to ground and pound the ball, run the ball. Yep. Exactly. And then on the other side, it's like you got Tyler Lockett, who put up a pretty good season last year. I mean, broke most, like, pace records. I mean, oh, like, yeah. he had a lot of touchdowns, super high efficiency. But, you know, if I know that we got a lot of flack for not calling Russell Wilson elite because oh, we clearly shit. all have different definitions of elite. Yeah. But... <laughs> Russell Wilson is a good quarterback. Yeah, who can good. have who can have that guy who is hyper efficient? Yeah, but I agree. I think that yeah. you would rather see him go to like some kind of massive aired out offense. Yeah, yeah. especially with that talent. And, and so yeah, I, I I think that's a good that's a good least favorite. Yeah, and the Seahawks only throw the ball on third down. So that is run, <laughs> run run pass true. Run, every run, single day. Yeah, and Very sometimes true. it works. And usually in the half the time it ends up being another run for Russell Wilson. <laughs> Um, so let's jump into our main event here. We got a mock draft, and so like Cheek said, what we're gonna do this. This isn't a mock draft as if we were like a fantasy team. We're gonna mock draft this like analysts would mock draft the NFL draft. Yes. And so we're gonna look at all of all the teams in our league needs and try and draft like we were that person. Mm. Which is gonna be really hard to read the mind of someone as unpredictable as a Jason LaRoe. Or well, who has three of the picks. Three yeah. of the picks? Yeah. Uh, or uh, Tyler Griffin, who will take John Ross as the sixth pick in the draft and then just trade him away for nothing. Uh, <laughs> but, actually, he got CMC. Or trying that, to so. figure out who Sarah drafts first round. Does she have a first round? She doesn't have one. She uh, doesn't have one. <laughs> that's unfortunate. Uh, but, so we're going to run through the draft like that. And so we're going to kind of take our time. We're going to talk about what we think each team's needs are and maybe the player that fits those needs and mm-hmm. uh, try and make our predictions. It'll be fun to go back afterwards and see just how many we predicted. I'm assuming it's going to be, we're going to predict of the 24. We're going to pick 24 picks. I think we're going to get eight. Three of them right. Three? Three. Oh, come on. Yeah, I'm saying three. eight. Nah. I'm saying at eight. Dude, I'm going low. I'm going I'm low. going at third. 20. 20? 20. Whoa, hot take. If we get 20 of them right, then I'm quitting my job. And I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'll quit my job. <laughs> I don't know what I'll do with the Man, talent. There's to predict. a lot of pressure on this mock draft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you guys didn't see that coming in, did you? Uh, so let's start with the first pick. <laughs> in the first pick, uh, we got Chris Montre, who we still need to put in his shirt. Oh, gosh. Take him out for a night of the town. His, yes. little, his little pink shirt. It's uh, adorable. He already, he already did it. I heard. Yeah, someone said he already did it. Yeah, no, we didn't do it. Uh, so <laughs> we're going to have to take Chris out for a night of... Uh, of uh, pink fruity flavored shots with his shirt. Gosh, yes. Um, yes. Delicious. Get him a margarita, <laughs> sex on the beach. Oh, hold on. All the hold on. You dissing margaritas right oh, now? Gosh, I hate margaritas. What? That's what Kim drinks. Oh, they're okay. nice. They're First salty. off, your oh, wife is terrible. epic. Hey, Second hey, off, the margaritas are epic. <laughs> sex on the beach. I can get on board with that. Right, right. Sex on the beach. But sex margaritas are amazing. <laughs> no thanks. 
you want to buy me a margarita, yeah. I'll make sick. <laughs> Seriously. If you're trying to insult me and you what buy is, me uh, a margarita, you'll be my best friend. Martini. Martini is I love martinis. Big martini oh, guy. I just like vodka. What do they drink on Sex in the City? Uh, Cosmos. 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 That's what we get. Love Cosmos. Cosmos. Cosmos are great. What the hell's happening? <laughs> I just like drinking. That's what's happening. Just no more line. Yeah. yeah you, no you, more line. No, we're going to go to Moreline, and Chris is only going to have to drink home brews from Moreline or whatever the fuck they call them. <laughs> Toilet brews. Toilet brews. That's what they should call them. Moreline. They're the worst. Food is good, though. Um, I also, I, it's really hard. This is just a massive Cincinnati moment. It's really hard for me to hate Moreline because Moreline Loggerhouse is where I watched Todd Frazier become the hero of Cincinnati for the home run derby when we, like, split mm. a table. Chris, you were there with us, right? It's not. Uh, we, like... It was like me and well, sorry. It was like me and Joey and a couple other people. I forget who all was there, but like this like really nice guy came up. And he's like, "Oh, we can't in." Me and my daughter were like, "Whatever, whatever." We split a table with these random people, just like shared a bunch of beers and watched Todd Frazier just bomb home runs and win it for the city. And then I woke up and did it all again the next day. It was a great time, good old Cincinnati <laughs> time. Uh, so back to the draft. We got Matre on the clock with the one dot one. Yes. If you guys don't know how you get the one dot one when you don't trade, it's by coming in last. <laughs> that's uh, not true. That's exactly true. No. Last for the regular season. No. What? No, no, he was last in the playoffs. Technically, yeah. Steph was I, last. I was. Oh, four. I was fourth. It's last. Yeah, Oh, it's this was that whole yeah, controversy yeah, was whole in thing. the year. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let's not dive too deep into that. Uh, in in the dilemma. oh, and there's a lottery too. Yeah. yeah. Oh my I, god, I forgot about I all this. All this junk. It's a whole thing. Fourth uh, to last. That's a power move right there. All right. Anyway, back to Matre on the one dot one. Uh, I'm gonna say just looking at Matre's team. I'm gonna go with that he is probably gonna be looking for. And I don't want to spend too too much time on this because I think that's it's a pretty clear pick, but. He's probably going to be looking for a running back or a tight end because right now his tight end is uh, Gerald Everett. He's mm. got uh, what's his face that young Gesicki. dude Gasicki sitting on the bench. He's also got Jason Witten. I don't think Jason Witten is going to matter this season. <laughs> <laughs> Personal, that's like the coldest take I've ever had. Uh, I think that Tevin Coleman, Philip Lindsay, who are his current running backs, which is I mean those are we just don't know what they're going to be, right? I think yeah. Philip Lindsay like. Philip Lindsay doesn't have the draft capital or the investment to like make him 100% necessary. I think they're going to use him. I think he's going to be great for the first part of the year. Uh, Tevin Coleman is basically going to be Tevin Coleman again, just on the 49ers. Yep. Uh, and then you got Deonta Foreman, Adrian Peterson. So, to me, it's not so much about like that his running backs are horrible. It's that his wide receivers are pretty good. He's got DeAndre Hopkins, T.Y. Hilton, Tyrell Williams. Yeah. So, if I was looking to shore up one of those positions, I'd be looking running back tight end. So with that being said, where do you think Chris is going to go? Well, uh, 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 Chris, where do you think you're going to go? I do have some inside knowledge. <laughs> Sources say you got a beat reporter on this. Uh, Josh Jacobs. I agree. Yeah, I think Josh Jacobs is your best pick. Yep. Um, we're 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 definitely locking you in for Josh Jacobs because it makes the most sense. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like this Josh Jacobs in in his situation, going to John Gruden's team, being like the clear number one, especially mm. with Crowell getting hurt right now, and they're bringing back Krampus. No. Uh, I really think that like almost no matter who was in the one dot one, no matter what your needs are, you'd probably be taking Josh Jacobs. Yep. Agreed. He he seems like a clear number one to me. So next on the clock we got Tyler Chi, who is second of the uh, lottery losings here. Uh, <laughs> Tyler, why don't you tell me a little bit about your needs and where you think that you uh, want to go with this pick? So I, I think my biggest needs are at the wide receiver position. I, I, my my running backs aren't like locked and loaded top notch running backs necessarily. Like I mean I got Bell and Carry on who I love, 
But after that, it's like Derrick Henry, who could be a total bust. Um, and that's pretty much it. Uh, so for me, like, I, I don't see too much of a need to, like, dive into those guys. A lot of my wide receivers are super wishy-washy. Yeah. Um, I, I have Amari Cooper and A.J. Green. But, like, those guys both, like, they've – Amari Cooper's had a rough history of being boom-bust. Mike Williams is my third, and then Tyler Lockett. So I got a lot of guys that I think – You've also, are not dependable. you've also got some super interesting bench players. Like, you've got Kenny Stills, who's yeah. a deep ball guy with Fitzmagic throwing him the ball. You've got D.D. Westbrook with a new quarterback in Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. You've got Dante Pettis, who is, like, a good player. Yep. Uh, you've got Antonio Callaway with Baker and his new offense. So, like, you got some interesting wide receivers, yep. but they're just that. They're interesting. Yeah, and, and I, I think I need a wide receiver that is going to be consistent, dependable, highly used in an offense. Um, so for me, if Chris goes Josh Jacobs, I think it's an easy Nikhil Harry. Like, Nikhil Harry has to be the guy. Uh, I, I think he's the best wide receiver as far as draft capital and position. Like, we talked before, Marquise Brown. Like, if we're going based solely off draft capital, it's Marquise Brown. I don't like him for the Ravens. Right. He's yeah. terrible. But Nikhil Harry's got Tom Brady throwing the ball. And he's got Belichick as his freaking coach. Yeah, so I do, so I, I do want to talk about that. Where yeah. do you think, like, this is going to end up with Nikhil Harry? Because... I mean, what we've seen from Patriots wide receivers is they use whoever they want to use at any given time. True. Does that worry you at all dealing with – I know we always talk about the New England Mm -hmm. running backs, but it's kind of true with the New England wide receivers. Like, the only stalwart there in recent memory of fantasy has really been Gronk when he's playing. Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely – it does make me nervous to take any Patriot player, and and we'll we'll probably get into this a little bit later with, like, guys like Damian Harris as well. Um, because the Patriots are that team that you can't predict. Right. But, like, even if Nikhil Harry ends up... The way I see Nikhil Harry is he has the potential of being the next Brandon Cooks for the Patriots. That is true. Where he wasn't bad with the Patriots. They ended up trading him away, and now Brandon Cooks <laughs> is a great player. Like, I mean, he if Nikhil Harry turns too. into that, yeah, like, if Nikhil Harry turns into that, I'm golden. Mm-hmm. Like, and honestly, the Patriots don't have any other wide receivers really behind him. They really don't. They're pretty It's like Philip Dorsett... That's it. Edelman. Edelman. Yeah, sorry. Edelman's still there, but I Edelman to me is like that short down. Yeah. He's not your big playmaker. He, he's got a role, and it's get dominated in the slot, Wes Welker style. Yep, exactly. And then take steroids to come back. Yep. So, uh, I like that pick. So, you have gone with number two there at Nikhil Harry. So, mm-hmm. now we are into Joe Zypher on the clock at number three. I think this is... Need is really obvious for Joe. I think it's a running back. Mm-hmm. I mean, his wide receivers are honestly ridiculous. He's got yeah. Mike Evans, Stefan Diggs, Tyler Boyd. And then you jump into his flex. He's even got depth there. You got Sterling Shepard, who is kind of the only target for Eli slash uh, what's his fucking face? Uh, Daniel Jones. Six <laughs> Daniel Jones, six overall pick. Definitely worth it. Oh. Zay Jones. Not that those guys are good, but they're ones on their team. And like you can't really discount that. Uh, well, I guess you can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I think like what Joe has is that he's got good wide receivers. What he doesn't have is running backs. Yeah. Last year, Joe rode the Todd Gurley train big oh time. Oh gosh. Yeah. It looks like the Todd Gurley train might be coming to a grinding halt. Yeah. It, they, it's scary for Todd Gurley. He has what was it? Degenerative knee arthritis or something like that. Old man knee. He <laughs> could not hold up to for, for the last season of what he was doing or last two seasons what he was doing. Mm. Uh, which like it doesn't shock me that he couldn't. They went out and actively made sure they matched an offer on Malcolm Brown. Mm-hmm. 
which means like they really needed him to stay around. And then they took another young running back. Like I think what that says is that they want to go to more of a committee play style. So that's going to be a big downgrade for jo- like Todd Gurley. Um, like this year in a redraft league, I would be pissed if I had like the third overall pick. Oh yeah, because like Todd Gurley will be there, and I'll feel like such an idiot if I don't take him. And if I take him, I'll feel like such an idiot if he yep. doesn't pan out. Like, mm-hmm. it'll be horrible. Now he does I, have Malcolm Brown, which helps. He does have Malcolm Brown, which helps. But if they just split mm. it, if they just split it RBBC, yes. then, like, now you're just getting all those points that Todd Gurley used to get in two slots. And they did draft Daryl Henderson. Right. Who yes. could replace Malcolm Brown. That's He's right. Back. Easily. And yes. Yeah. So, so Joey's, Joey's biggest need, running we would say, is running back. His options would be Miles Sanders or David Montgomery. Uh, let, let's do a three-way call on these. I, I think that's a good way to do it, to break the ties. Uh, Miles Sanders or David Montgomery? I say Miles Sanders. I'm going to go David Montgomery big time for all the reasons that I laid out before. Yeah. I think that I think that David Montgomery, from, if it was me picking, it would, be, it would be a very easy David Montgomery pick. Chris, break the tie. I got to go David Montgomery. David Montgomery. My boy. My Joey boy. takes David Montgomery. All right, so next we got on the list, we got Steph. Steph Smith, the one that I believe in now that things have passed. <laughs> uh, Borsky, why don't you give us a quick rundown of her kind of current team and talk about some of her needs. Yeah, let's just say it this way. Steph is going to need to make some moves in this draft if Chiefs yes. prophecy is going to come true right now. She's got like five quarterbacks sitting around. Uh, Joe Flacco, well, she just dropped him. But Marcus Mariota, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I mean, that, those are, that's not great because she's starting Jameis Winston. That doesn't feel great. LaShawn McCoy, Damian Williams rounding out the running back core doesn't feel great. Robert Woods, Michael Thomas, uh, that's a good little two set of wide receivers with Curtis Samuel, like you said, for all yeah. the previous reasons. Corey Davis could probably never make another fantasy roster again, and that wouldn't matter. <laughs> Um, and then she's got a couple like interesting players sitting on the bench, but I think she basically just needs to take the and she's got Trey Burton as a tight end who I still kind of believe in, but yeah. like with the way tight ends are, like you just don't really desperately need a tight end unless they're going to perform because you can kind of like stream trade for them or just not use them because they don't matter. Yeah. Um, so I think that she just basically needs the best flex player available. I, I think it leans a little bit more toward running back. Specifically, like her her wide receivers aren't great. She's kind of in this, a similar position to me, where like the wide receivers are a little wishy-washy. Yeah. Michael Thomas and Robert Woods are obviously great, but her other three, I agree, are not like top tier. But she has a shot to me at a great running back. Her other running backs are Damian Williams and Lashawn McCoy. Lashawn McCoy's old. They drafted uh, what's his name, uh, Devin Singletary. Yep. Uh, to to potentially replace him, more than likely replace him. I mean, they spent draft capital on him. Um, so for me, I think it is clearly running back. Um, if I if I were to go there, I think it's Miles Sanders. Uh, her her options would be Miles Sanders or maybe Damian Harris. Uh, gosh, I, I I think he's the best player out right now. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with your take. If you're gonna lean, if you're gonna lean a direction, you're gonna go running back. And if you want a running back, even with Steph's picks, so. Steph has a lot of picks in this draft, mm-hmm. but they're not till later. They really sort of yep. come at the turn. So she's got this one, and then she's got the 112, the 21, and the 212. Doesn't she have one more in there somewhere? Uh, no. Oh, so, yeah, she's got. Well, she's got her pick at the 24. She's that's got right. the so, yeah. The 14, the 112, the 21, the 24, the 212. Yeah, she's got so, a lot of picks. So in my mind if we're going to if we're going to lean running back, I, I'm all on board with that. I don't think that there is another running back anywhere near the tier of Miles Sanders, David Montgomery yep. uh, for a long time. Yep. 
All right, next up, who we got? We got Jason, Mr. Lots of Picks in the first round. Uh, let, let's break down his team real quick. Uh, so Jason's team, his his kind of starting running backs, he's got Chris Carson, Nick Chubb, he's got Devonta Freeman, and Darius Geis. Those guys are both currently on IR, but they're expected to come back. Um, at, at wide receiver, he's got Larry Fitzgerald, Marvin Jones, Alshon Jeffrey, um, his tight end's super solid, George Kittle. He's not going to take a quarterback at this point. He'd be an idiot to do that. Um, and he does have Christian Kirk still, but, it, I mean, clearly he doesn't believe in him. Um, so <laughs> we're not going to say that he's relevant. Uh, so what do you think Jason's kind of biggest needs are for his team? To me, it clearly leans wide receiver. I mean, yeah. Larry Fitz, Marvin Jones is not a solid core. Near, neither is Alshon Jeffrey. Like you said, Christian Kirk's got some hype, but – Honestly, the last time he was hyped was last year. They just drafted three more wide receivers, so I don't think that's going to come in well. Uh, like you said, Chris Carson, Nick Chubb is a pretty good running back core, especially Chris Carson being on a running team. Um, and I think Nick Chubb, if, if he's nothing else, he's going to be great for the first eight weeks while Kareem Hunt's out. Mm-hmm. Who knows what's going to happen after that, but that'll easily be a run toward the playoffs. So I think if I was Jason, I'm looking to firm up my team, I'd be looking toward the wide receiver pool. And I think that that kind of fits where the draft is right now because there's a lot of wide receivers on the board. So many. And, yep. and, and so I think he can really go any direction with these wide receivers. Who are a couple wide receivers that you would uh, <clears throat> maybe predict that he would be thinking about? I think he'd be thinking in like the DK Metcalf, Hardman, Marquise Brown, Debo Samuel, Paris Campbell kind of range. That would be like the next four that I would think – would be available, and that if he picked from those guys, I would. You could easily justify those to me, and oh, I would, yeah. I'd be. It would make sense to me. So for me, I think it'd be between Metcalf and Hardman. Uh, Metcalf is that like big talent. Doug Baldwin's going out. Jason buys into that, or Hardman, who is like Chris said, potentially placing Tyreek. Um, so what, what do you guys think? Narrow it down a little bit. Who we think he's going for? I I vote Metcalf. I think he goes Metcalf. Say between those two, with Jason having these picks, if he's not going to get rid of another one, I think if he's got two picks in the first round, he would take the shot on Hardman. Really? That, okay. I could see that because just just because of what you said, if you could have like a Tyreek Hill style player on on what looks like to be an elite, not only offense with Andy Reid, but Patrick Mahomes, who's just creative with the ball, yeah. Uh, compared to DK Metcalf, that, that that would be my pick if I was Jason. Chris, what do you think? I'd say Hardman as well, but DK. I could see him going DK as well, mm. just because of the ceiling that he has. Yeah. Now, the only problem is the Seahawks have to change their offense for that to work. Yeah, uh, that's true. But this is also <clears throat> where I think that trades will get very interesting because there's three running backs in the top four that'll most likely go and mm-hmm. then there's no running back until like early second mid second yep so yeah I, I i i like hardman for jason there because of what matt said like yeah. jason's also going to have you know two more picks before the end of this round um so he can take that shot yeah. and go for one of those more sure and steady guys in the uh 10 11 picks that he has so uh, let's go hardman for jason next up on the clock we would have ty ty cook uh, gets gets a blessing, I think, here. I think Ty's needs are wide receiver. Yeah, um, I agree. Definitely. So, yeah, I agree. He's got Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, Mark Ingram, which, I mean, there's obviously pitfalls for all of them. They're not locked and loaded, great running backs. But if you were to pick three running backs and say, like, would you be happy with your fantasy team if you had this? 
It, it probably, honestly, as long as they can all stay healthy and on the field. That's the thing with yep. with those guys. But when you look at his wide receivers, you got Julian Edelman, who is never – I mean, he's good. He's just never really going to – he just has his – his role is defined. He's never really going to break out of that. Yep. Jarvis Landry, who just got kind of squashed by OBJ, we think. I mean, maybe the offense gets an upgrade. He goes with him. And then you got Traquan Smith, who New Orleans is going to need to step up. I just don't know if he's going to be able to do it. Then you got yeah. – think. Then, then after that, it's just onto the list of random people that he can sub in. So, yeah, I agree. He's going wide receiver. And those are pretty much the only people left on the board. Mm. His quarterback is Andrew Luck. There's no way he's going to take Kyler yeah. Murray here. He'd be stupid. So, if we're going back to our wide receiver situations, uh, DJ Met- DK Metcalf is still on the board. We got Hollywood Brown, Deb- Debo Samuel, Paris Campbell. Those are kind of like the top guys. Uh, I mean, I, I would see no reason for him to not take DK. At the seven or at, at the six, I think that is – Deep enough back to where he's, I think he's getting a value because I, I know some people have DK ranked as a top three. Yeah. So, despite his landing in Seattle. So, I'd be fine with the DK pick. I think that makes a lot of sense. DK makes sense. Yep. DK it is. Ty, congratulations. Uh, next up on the clock, we would have Corey. Corey at the 1 7. Uh, Matt, why don't you break down his team and. Uh, to see kind of what, what you think some of his needs are and, and where he would possibly go. Yeah, so I think Corey is one of these teams that kind of just falls in that, like, he really just needs best available player. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't really – he's agree. not super strong in one position. I mean, you got Jordan Howard, who basically got sold for peanuts. Uh, you got Kenya Drake, who has never really been anything. Everyone's been – I mean, after two years of being a long shot, you're just nothing. Like, you're then you're just – that you got to prove it. And so, mm-hmm. like, he's just not there. Marlon Mack is looking pretty good. James Conner looking great. So, those two are looking pretty good. Then you got OBJ, who is great. Brandon Cooks is great. But then Calvin Ridley, Jimmy Graham to round it out. So, that's why I think, like, you could easily slot all those guys in and make a good, like, running back wide receiver core, like, first two. Mm-hmm. But then the flexes just fall off so hard. So, yeah. you just need, like, best available player in the draft. That's kind of where I find I find him. I want to throw out a hot take here because I just I just realized this. I just I think I just saw what you said. Jimmy Graham? Yes. Right. Uh, so, Corey has Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham's not going to last much longer. And there's a and player on the back. board that back. is a great pick at this spot. TJ Hawkinson. I love TJ Hawkinson at this spot. Like, for me personally, I don't need a tight end. But for Corey, he needs a tight end. Like, I, he, he already went out and got Jesse James. So, clearly, he believed in Detroit. Now, Jesse James is garbage. So, there's no use in having him. Uh, and that's it. Like, Corey honestly just has Jimmy Graham. I think Corey should go. If Hawkinson falls to him at this point, he should 100% go. See, I, I can see the case for that. Mm. But tight end and flex points all count the same. Yeah. And tight end is just like a slot that we have to fill on our roster that feels like we have to fill it. And so, like, now that being said, if you have three great flex guys that you can't play, then you'd rather have a good tight end, obviously, right? But if you've got a bad tight end and two bad flexes, then you just want most available points on the board. So do you actually think that TJ Hawkinson is going to outscore these wide receivers that are left on the board, like Marquise Brown or Debo Samuel or Paris Campbell. Because that's kind of like, if you're Corey's team, that's kind of where you're living. All those guys count the same, yeah. and you got to outscore them. I, I get that it's – now what you could do is say, well, I'm going to shore up the tight end position, and then I can target anyone I want in trades. Yeah. So that's kind of why I land in may, – like maybe he is the right pick here. But I just tight ends are so variable, mm. and you really just don't. I just in this format with so many flexes, so many wide receivers, I just don't think you need a tight end to win. 
I, I definitely see the point that you know it. The, the, there's so many wide receivers and running backs that we have to start. Like, and there's only one tight end that you have to start. Right. But for me, when I play, I want to have a well-rounded team, and I don't want to leave points on my bench. And I think Hawkinson has that year one potential to be relevant, whereas like Debo, Paris Campbell, Andy Isabella, like aren't necessarily year one. Like, oh, that guy's definitely going to be relevant. Like Hawkinson is going to catch some passes. So, that, that's where I stand. I would vote Hawkinson for this one. I think I would... <sighs> it's a tough pick. This is a tough spot. It's a tough pick because of where, like, where... like So, so Debo Samuel's in San Francisco, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, like, you don't really know what you got with Jimmy G coming back off an of injury. They've kind of, like, revamped the offense. New coordinator. Paris Campbell playing behind T.Y. Hilton. You don't really know where that's going to end up. And behind... Who's that other guy? Devin Funches. Devin Funches, who yep. they just picked up. Like... Don't really know where that's going to end up again. Like, then you got guys like AJ Brown and, and like Andy Isabella who are just on just either deep. Like Andy Isabella is on a deep wide receiver roster. Gosh, yeah. Uh, AJ Brown is just on a terrible offense. Yeah. So, and then yeah, I mean, so I guess I I could lean either way. So I'll let Chris break this tie. I think for for Corey's team, any either one of these picks would make sense. I definitely think it's between AJ Brown and Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. Um, Hawkinson fits roster needs better because I think I mean obviously running backs not an option but yeah. I mean, his running backs are solid with yeah his running backs solid are solid RB1 and two RB2s from last year yep he's fine AJ Brown I think his ceiling is way higher and they don't really have wide receivers in Tennessee and they're they probably don't. gonna this is gonna be the year to decide whether they move on from Mariota mm-hmm. but Hawkinson I mean Detroit could actually use a tight end even though Stafford doesn't have a phenomenal history but he did well with Ebron and yeah he did okay yeah Ebron put up some good now he put up tight tight end one numbers yeah I mean tight end one numbers are not hard to come by yeah that's fair that's fair but nonetheless tight end one yeah okay sure so (laughs) he should be starting (laughs) but I'll have to go Hawkinson. Okay. All right. Hawkinson it is. I like I win. it. Yeah, so we locked in Hawkinson, so we're going on to the next pick here. Uh, the next pick goes to John Neffley. John Neffley is really looking like he's going to need some help. Uh, so, John Neffley, if we go over his current running back situation, he's got Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, uh, and then he's got a couple other guys riding the bench. His wide receivers, he's looking at Robbie Anderson, Chris Godwin, Devin Funchess, Michael Gallup, John, John Brown would be like his top five. David Njoku is his tight end, so that's pretty solid. Mm. So I think where this falls out clearly to me is that John needs a wide receiver, and lucky mm-hmm. for him, that's all that's left on the board. Basically, yep. that makes sense to pick right here. So we're just going to kind of give John who we think is the best wide receiver on the on the board. Yeah, I think that's A.J. Brown. Um, I, I, I think for John, like this pick sucks because exactly what Chris just said is – He's not on a great team, but right. he he is a great talent. And in the rookie draft, you're not drafting a guy that's going to be the one right. in the NFL. Like that just doesn't happen. You're Unless drafting you like a guy the that, first two picks. Yeah, yeah. Like you're drafting a guy that's going to be in the NFL for you know at running back you're looking for five years at wide receiver you're looking for like ten. Right. So I think AJ Brown has that upside and that potential. And this this year because of John's. Kareem Hunt situation and all this other craziness. Uh, I think he's going to kind of begin that rebuild a little bit, and AJ Brown gives that potential, and he could still be the wide receiver one on this team. He could. So yeah. I'm fine with that pick. That that I have no qualms with that. I agree. I mean, he was teammates with DK, and he yeah. looked better than DK in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. 
So who we got next here? Uh, so up got- next on the board, we would have Corey. So originally this was Borsky's Borsky's first round pick traded away to Corey. So Corey gets to be gets to have John right in the middle of his sandwich there, um, which is a great spot to be in because I mean if you get to pick right around Nephilim. You get to find out if you screwed up and then hope that he screwed up, which I doubt that ever happens. No, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. <laughs> so we talked before how Corey needed some wide receiver help. Yep, I agree. And we got wide receivers on the board still. I think I think he's still in the same spot. I think I think he's just going to be taking best wide receiver still available. Which would be because we, we already we already gave him Hawkinson, right? Yeah, we gave him Hawkinson, yep. Yeah, so I mean he's still going best wide receiver available. So, I mean, yeah, I mean Isabella is still there, but you also got guys like Debo Samuel, right? Paris Campbell. Yep. Hakeem Butler. You got... I mean, dude, yeah. I'd have to take Butler over Isabella every single time. Really? Ooh. I mean, hot take. A big target for a running quarterback. Big target for a running quarterback. I mean, that's a good point. Hakeem Butler. Oh, looks man, good. that's tough. But he could wait on Hakeem Butler. I think he could he wait, could on, Hakeem wait Butler. on Isabella for another six picks. You've also got... Well, uh, it's the linear. So he's going he's gonna to have this yeah. pick, and he's going to have to wait yeah. a full 12. You've also got uh, Arkega Whiteside, who's living in Philadelphia JJ, yeah. right now. I do like who him. Who's not? I mean, a, a, granted, like you know, not super hyped, but he went to a great offense. Yeah. It, an offense that they only seem to get better by because the majority of their draft was protect Carson Wentz is what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, after they picked up uh, after they picked up Miles Sanders, so it, it's on there. So uh, honestly, well, the point that we're at. I just, it's probably more predicting who this person will take mm. more than like who is the best person on the board. So I'd kind of be, I'd kind of be okay with any of those names we just threw out. I think I'd give Paris Campbell. It, it would kind of stink because he has Marlon Mack, but I think I would too. I'd rather take, I'd rather take good talent on a good offense. Yeah. If you're, you're going to mix a lot it, of upside there, I'd rather, I'd rather take that upside as opposed to. One of these Arizona guys with Kyler Murray, we don't know where that's going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Philadelphia guy who's got people in front of him. Like, I, I, I agree. I, I think I'm going to go Paris Campbell on this one, too. All right. I got to go Hakeem Butler. You would say Hakeem Butler? We're going we're gonna to go Paris because you got outnumbered. Uh, but next on the clock, we have, let's see here, we got uh, Jason again. So this was Sarah's pick, traded away to Jason. I, I think this is the point where, like, Akeem Butler's gonna go. Yeah. For me. Like, Jason's need, we already know, is wide receiver. Yep. Uh, his earlier pick, he took, let's see here, um, he took McCole Hardman. So, we talked about how he's this big, you know, possibly boom-bust potential, Tyreek-style, crazy, crazy ability. I think Hakeem Butler is a little bit more of that, like, he's exactly what Chris said. He's a big player. He's going to be catching the ball. He's got, you know, red zone threat. Um, big arms, big hands. I like Akeem Butler here. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm down again. I mean, he, I just feel like he keeps falling down our draft board. I'll keep bringing him up. Debo Samuel, I thought he looked really good. Hmm? Uh, again, I don't love going to the Jimmy Garoppolo offense, but I'd be totally fine with with putting Akeem Butler here. I think Jason's one of those guys. When you have a lot of picks like this, you can take that shot. Yeah. If you think that that shot's going to be in a new offense that specifically is around passing, where you specifically picked up the quarterback who already knows that style of offense, like. Yep. I see a lot of upside there. That that makes sense to me. And he's got the next pick as well. So honestly, he could go three wide receivers in the first round. He could lock in McCole Hardman, Hakeem Butler, and Debo Samuel. That is true. Um, I don't see him doing that because I know that he has Marquise Goodwin. So that that's kind of Marquise like one of the, Greatwin. 
But I'm, I'm going to go Hakeem Butler for this pick. Yeah, let's go Butler. So then we got Jason on the clock again. <laughs> With uh, Griffin's pick, Griff trade that away to him for, what was it again? Uh, Larry Fitzgerald. That's what it was. <laughs> uh, so good job, Griff. Thanks for Ooh. doing that. Uh, giving Jason where, all where, the airtime. been freaking out during the NFL draft. Like, oh, stop man. taking wide receivers. He has no pick until the fourth round, I think it is. <laughs> lost all of his picks. And where is Fitz um, now? He's still with, he's still with Arizona. I mean, he's with Arizona, but I mean, he'll be <laughs> he'll be teaching all these young guns how to play the position yep. that he used yeah, to play. Exactly. Um, so Jason will still have some stock in that. Uh, he Jason has Christian Kirk. So that Hakeem Butler kind of backfires a little bit, but clearly he doesn't want Christian Kirk, and he believes Hakeem Butler or Andy Isabella is going to be better. Yeah, I mean he was I, trying to get rid of he was trying to get rid of Christian Kirk. You don't get rid of a guy after they draft a bunch of new wide receivers if you really think they're going to stick it out as the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I'd be okay with again any wide receiver on the board here. I don't think that Jason is the kind of guy who's going to reach for like a a, Dar- a Damian Harris or mm. a Daryl Henderson. <clears throat> no, uh, just because like now if Jason had if Jason was Joe and had Todd Gurley. I think you definitely would reach for the Daryl Henderson here. Oh yeah, to secure your own handcuffs, handcuff. But I don't think that he's gonna. Yeah, do that. his running back situation isn't murky enough. Yeah. To 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 honestly go for that move, and I don't see a reason to doubt the Debo Samuel pick too much. I mean, like I said, he, he does have good one, but. But I don't think he started a good one pretty much at all last year because he's mostly injured. Yeah, so. and, and at a certain point, right, you just got to take the best on the board if you think that that person's there. I mean, yep. a lot of times with these young rookie picks, you're not looking to start them right away. You're looking for talent. Maybe they get traded. Maybe you can move them for someone after they flash in the pan. So, And I think if we're talking about people who can flash in the pan, I think Debo's got that talent. Let's go Debo. I, I, I like Debo there. I think that locks down kind of Jason's wide receivers, and going into the second round, he'll be able to focus – on any other position player that he likes. Yep. Like if there's a running back that he wants to reach for, he's got that ability now. Um, so the last pick here is Steph. Uh, Steph got this pick from Britain uh, with that big trade we talked about before. Um, so previously in this draft, Steph picked Miles Sanders. So she's already got her running back need filled. Um, I know before we talked about some of her biggest needs were really um, let me see, let me pull it up here. Her needs were running back, wide receiver, and she has a lot of quarterbacks, but she doesn't have that kind of solid quarterback. She's got a lot of murky quarterback situations. So if I'm Steph, I'm going wide receiver here. Um, I don't think – and she has the 2-1. So she can she can fill you know, a player in all three of those needs. Uh, yeah, so I mean, so having the 2-1 and having these quick picks afterwards, then <clears throat> because these wide receivers are kind of, you know – all kind of in a pool together. So, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously you can dif- differentiate there, but they're all kind of in a pool together. There's one quarterback that matters in this draft. Oh, yeah. And Steph needs a quarterback. Is this where Steph just takes Kyler Murray and then she can pick up whatever wide receivers are left? Because, like, are you really going to be sad, like, that upset? I mean, maybe there's someone you really believe in. Yeah. But, like, maybe at this point in the draft, this is where Kyler Murray goes because Steph needs – a quarterback or doesn't need a court well no i think she does i mean yeah, I, think she does. I wouldn't be psyched about firing up Jameis winston this year no but kyler murray i mean you could have a you could have a real talent coming out here especially if he's going to be handed the offense a passing offense they just got him a lot of potential weapons i think if i'm steph i go kyler murray here and see what i have just because it's not like this is her only first round pick right she's got tons of picks coming yeah. up she's so, got another she's got the 2-1 and the 2-4 so she's right. got you know in the next 5 picks She's got three of them. Yeah, I mean, so, so so speaking of which, I mean, if she has the two one, then like she'll take either a wide receiver or whatever. Yeah. In either one of those picks, I would ex- 
if I was her, I would take Kyler Murray as one of those picks. I think I agree. And for the sake of time, we should just make it the 112 since this is the last pick we're going to do for the night because we're running up on an hour already. Oh, my God. So, Let's yeah. speed round. Let's speed round the second round. I don't want to speed round the second round because I don't know these guys. <laughs> Come on. Speed round it. All right. All right, so we're speed rounding it. We're back on the clock. Steph Smith has just taken Kyler Murray. Yes. And now she is uh, selecting just be- probably best available wide receiver. Yeah, left. so she's looking at wide receivers on the board. We got Andy Isabella, uh, Marquise Brown, uh, and then it kind of gets murky. I'll uh, take, uh, maybe Kelvin Harmon. I'd take Hollywood Brown just for the talent. Yeah. Even though he's in a bad spot, maybe he pans out. A lot of draft capital there. I don't think she would do the stack with Andy Isabella. So, yeah. I like that. Uh, next up would be me. Honestly, for me, I would be super torn here, uh, but I think I'd go Andy Isabella. Uh, I, I don't love him here, but like we've been saying, the Arizona offense can be great. I like him. He's fallen into the second. Uh, I would be tempted, I think, to take, ugh, gosh, nobody else, really. <laughs> Uh, there's no real guy that's standing out to me where it's like, ah, I gotta get him. I'd rather have Andy Isabella and hope that he turns into something. Right. So I would go Andy Isabella. Uh, next pick, we would have Joey. Joey's biggest needs were running back. Um, honestly, I think at this point, he would need to lock in his top girly ownership. Yes. Daryl Henderson's out there. Yeah, I think 100% he takes Daryl Henderson yep. here. I think there's. I think it'd be foolish not to. Yep. I mean, because right now, like, I mean, maybe you can move Todd. Maybe someone still believes in him. But if someone still believes in him, then what you don't want is Todd Gurley to. Here's what. Because like, here's how you treat this pick, right? Is how how terrible would it be is if Todd Gurley gets hurt and you didn't draft Daryl oh, Henderson? He'd be so mad. You'd be pissed. Yep. So you take him, and then if you find someone that really believes in him, then you package him and move him together to, yep. to up the trade value. Mm-hmm. So then you definitely take Daryl Henderson if you're Joe here. Yep. So now we're back to Steph again. Uh, so Steph is taking at this point, she's taking Miles Sanders, she's taking Kyler Murray, she's taking Marquise Brown. Uh, if we're just going best available player, I mean, maybe Noah Fant. Um, I, he's still I would out say there. She's got Trey Burton, though. Trey Burton's brought in to be a – I mean, it wasn't great last year, but I still kind of – I'm still on the hype train a little bit, so I'm not, like, dying for her to get another tight end. I think yeah. I'd be looking for more one of those flex guys just because we have so many positions to fill with that. Yeah. Chris, what do you think? Uh, Whiteside. Ooh, J.J. Arcega Whiteside. So I like he's that. Still, he's still around. I think he, I think he's a yeah. great pick here. I, I like that. for a high-pass team, assuming yeah. one stays healthy. I like that. That, that. That's a good pick. Uh, so next up, we would have Jason, again, at the 2-5. Uh, so at this point, Jason has taken Nicole Hardman. He has also taken, let's see here, Hakeem Butler and Debo Samuel. So he's got his wide receivers locked up. Yeah. Um, if I'm Jason, I'm... I'm probably not going to take another wide receiver at this point. I'm going to look at running backs. Um, with that in mind, you're mostly looking at backups. Um, yeah, I, I would say if I'm Jason right now, I'm probably searching for... Maybe Devin the, Singletary? Say the high, the highest value, uh, the highest value, either handcuff I can get or someone I think might have value in a couple of years, or just pure talent, Yeah. right? I mean, there's no one that's really going to produce for you this year right now without an injury. So mm. you're just taking who you like the best, probably, whoever you think you've seen the best film of. Chris, what do you think? Uh, in between Harris and Singletary. Probably Singletary just because it's not with the Patriots. Yeah, yeah I, agree. I agree 100%. Yeah, I think Patriots players are majority going to fall, yeah. um, which is frustrating. Uh, so next Except up, we, we would have Ty Cook. At this point, Ty has gotten DK Metcalf. Uh, so we talked before about Ty's biggest needs being wide receiver and running back. 
Kind of a rough spot for Ty. I would not be surprised to see Ty take Damian Harris here, though. Um, his his wide receivers on the board. I mean, he does have Kelvin Kelvin Harmon still, uh, Miles Gaskin, Miles Boykin, uh, and then we're kind of getting down the line a little bit. I, again, we're, Ty's not going to take a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, in my mind, if I'm Ty, I'm going, <clears throat> I'm going Damian Harris. I'm, yeah. I, they picked him for a reason. I think not that New England would use him, but again, we're we're. We're down into the point where you're looking, you're looking long term. Where are these guys going to go? Are mm-hmm. they going to end up somewhere? Yep. Or I mean, you know, these guys, these New England guys, can have fantasy value. Like, yeah, we like to treat them like they're like the plague. But I mean, the reality <laughs> is, if you know when they're going to use them, and you can be Bill Bill Belichick's brain, then you can have great value. So I, I think that's a good pick. Yeah. All right. So next up, we would have Corey. Uh, Corey's current picks have been T.J. Hawkinson and Paris Campbell. Uh, so he's gotten his tight end need filled. He's gotten his wide receiver need filled. The only other need that we kind of saw for him possibly would be running back. Um, not a lot of running backs available at this point where I'm really willing to take that shot if I'm Corey. Yeah, I, um, agree. I think I'd rather go after a wide receiver um, just because it feels better. Uh, and with that in mind, I'd go probably Kelvin Harmon. Um, Washington is hopefully going to just have a team this year. And he's he's one of the most hyped players in the draft. Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of hype, right? And I think that <clears> if you really – if you no matter who ends up at quarterback there, I think there's a, there's a possibility that Dwayne Haskins wins the job. You've got two new rookies coming in. Sometimes you get that rookie synergy because they started the year on, like, the taxi squad or the practice squad and came up together. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I think there's, there's, a, there's a story there where it makes sense. Yep. Chris, any thoughts? Uh, I think that Corey – could be looking at maybe locking up a handcuff and getting Benny Snell. Ooh. Where he locks up that backup to Connor. I did not think about that. Oh, yeah. that's Benny 100%. Snell. That's, that's 100% point. what he's going to do. That's a good thought. That's a, yeah, yeah, I like that pick a lot. That is, that is a massive oversight. He's got to do that. And yeah, Stephen Ridley's old. And so, yes. he's not getting fun. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. 100% the, the pick there is, is getting Benny Snell there. So next up, oh, we would have me. Shit. Uh, did not think that I would be picking, so I am just going to go. Uh, let's see. I've taken two wide receivers, so I would definitely go running back. I uh, don't believe in Damian Williams long term, so I'd probably go. Oh, gosh. I'd really want to go Alexander Madison. But Damian Williams or Harris? No, Damian Harris is gone. Yep. Oh, okay. uh, I would go Darwin Thompson because he's getting into that Kansas City backfield. Char Char's old. Spencer Ware is gone now, I think. Uh, and Damian Williams is garbage as always. So someone's got to run the ball. I would go Darwin Thompson, hoping that he pans out into something. Uh, next up, we would have the Boar. The first pick for the Boar. Oh Matt. yeah, I am back, and I am probably just gonna try and steal. No so, Fant. That's I mean, a great pick for you. I mean, honestly, if, if Noah Fant falls to me here, I'll definitely take him here. I mean, my I basically ran the entire league last year. Not ran it, but I mean. I, I did not have a tight end last yeah. year, so if no fan falls to me here, that's that's an easy pickup. But tight ends right. carry no value. And so they carry no value. They carry no. <laughs> they carry no extra value just because they're a tight end. When you have also really bad flex players. I'd, I'd say Matt takes his just token long term quarterback here and takes Daniel Jones, pulls a full. Oh game. my gosh, no! Dude, that'd be great. No. Well, just you watch. I'll take Daniel Jones, and I'll have all the quarterbacks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, so next up on the clock, we would also have Sarah's first pick of the draft. Sarah's needs. Uh, we haven't really talked about Sarah's team yet, so let's do a quick recap of her team. She's got Melvin Gordon, Deion Lewis, 
Jordy Nelson, Golden Tate, Antonio, C.J. Anderson, Doug Martin. To me, biggest need is running back, and she's in a tough spot to fill that need. Yes. Um, if I'm her, I'm honestly just looking for the guy that's going to be replacing the guy to get hurt. Yeah, I was um, going to say, you, you're looking to steal someone's handcuff, if at all possible. Yeah, and to me, that is easily Alexander Madison. Dalvin Cook has yes. he's oh. had injury history, uh, not to say he's injury prone, but if Dalvin Cook goes down, there's no one else there. Yeah, and I agree. Latavius Murray was relevant last I, year. I was so. going to say, if if Noah Fant wasn't on the board for my pick, that was going to be my pick 100%. I, mean, mm. I, think, I think he's a great late second, early third pick for that reason. Yeah. I, I mean, I could also see Justice Hill maybe here. That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, I could see Justice Hill because Baltimore's super wishy-washy. Uh, let's That's... let's see here. Let's let's split the vote here. Justice Hill or Alexander Madison? Madison. I'm gonna go Justice Hill just for, just to make it fun. I'm going Madison. I gotta go Madison just oh! for, just for the safety of it. I switched and it didn't work. Yeah. All right. So last or no oh no sorry two more picks here. Uh, we got another pick for Nephly. Uh, so at this point Nephly has only had a first round pick. He went with AJ Brown. His needs uh, were wide receiver. I imagine Nephly will probably make some moves, so this won't be his only two picks. Uh, but his wide receivers available, he would have Calvin Harmon, and I think that is an I think it's a pick. easy pick. Oh, yeah, it's a pick. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, we got Steph, who, like we talked about before, has a ton of picks in this draft. She's got Kyler, she's got Marquise Brown, uh, she's got Miles Sanders. She also has. Let's see here. I think that is it. Yeah. Yes, that's it. I mean, honestly, <clears throat> I think if I'm Steph here, I. I'm taking a shot. Mm. This is probably where I'm reaching like a for deep people. Shot? Yeah, like I'm taking a shot. I, I I'm taking a shot so deep that I don't even know who it would be. <laughs> but I'm just picking like I'm probably not listening to like where all the like weird averages come out. I'm probably picking like my favorite analyst and I'm just taking the person that they have ranked highest that's still available that I think gets these things right. Uh, I don't even have a name in mind. That's just not that's just what I would do with this thing. <laughs> Because, because, like, if you already have this many picks, like, you're not looking for, like, oh, just another safe rookie pick in the yeah. second round. Like, you're looking for something crazy. That's how I would treat this pick. You know what pick I would go with? Daniel Jones. Jace Sternberger. Oh. Ooh. Jace Sternberger. I mean, he, he's a super athlete. Green Bay doesn't have a tight end. Like, like we talked about before, Jimmy Graham's. And Green Bay loves their tight ends. And they, they love do. their tight end. Aaron Rodgers loves throwing to him, and that's a joking. shot. Who's uh, who she got? Aaron Rodgers loves throwing the ball. Eh, her current her current tight end is Trey Burton. Hey, Jimmy Graham was good. Dude, yeah, was good. I mean, honestly, I, I don't shot. I don't hate the Sternberger pick there. I mean, Trey Burton really didn't pan out last year. If he doesn't pan out, like, I mean, why not take another shot? Yeah. I, mean, I think she's I mean, got Trey so Burton many picks was fine. She's had so many picks. I think you take a shot yeah. on a guy that could be a huge talent. I don't hate it. I have, All right, uh, that's it. Bryce Love. I can see Bryce Love as well. Yeah, because he could be the. RB1 there. And That's he true. could be the starter. Guys, yeah. if guys plays. Yeah, guys is in a tough spot. Yeah, if guy, well, Bryce Love is also injured, so yeah. it's, it's kind of a, that's kind of a they tough spot. They picked an injured but. guy to replace their injured guy. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I, what I'll do is I'm going to try to share this uh, on the app if you guys want to look back at it maybe. I don't know exactly how to do that yet. We'll figure, uh, we'll so we'll, we'll try to share it, uh, but that that is kind of what we think picks will be. Sorry, this is a long episode tonight. No, we're only like an hour and ten. We're doing good. Yeah, that's not bad then. All right, not not too shabby. Uh, so yeah, that's it. I'm I'm excited about that. That's yeah, it. I'm so excited about the draft. Yeah, this this is exciting. I'm excited to see where this league goes. I think 
Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is gonna be good stuff. My eyes are like burning out right now. I don't, I don't know if you guys have been watching me rub my eyes for the last like ten minutes. What you're doing? I have so much pollen in my. I think I'm actually gonna die. <laughs> I like. I seriously. I cannot see right now. This oh is crazy town. Uh, so thank you guys so much for listening in. I think that was uh, that was really fun mock draft. I, I hadn't really thought through everyone's teams like that until we kind of mapped it all out and kind of did it live. It but is I think hard to draft for 12 teams. It's really, yeah, it's really hard to say like, oh, like I just like my team. It's like every yeah. pick is like, oh shit, I got like another team I down. Like, think about what this team would want. Yeah. So uh, thank you, Chris, for joining us tonight yes. in the old uh, garage cast. Uh, thank you all for listening. I uh, hope you guys had uh, some fun listening to it. And, uh, you know, sorry this one's a little long, but I mean, there's a lot to get through. Yeah, a lot, yeah, to get a lot of stuff to talk about. I mean, we do it once a month, so get over it. Yeah. Uh, also, we don't really do much on Twitter because I'm lazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you can even, still give us a follow. I don't even know what Twitter is. I, uh, I, I literally check it probably like once a week. Maybe every other week. You're really not selling the Twitter hard. Yeah, I am not. You know, it was fun for a week, and then NFL season stopped, and it kind of just got dull. Uh, But really excited to start. Uh, We need Britain. It's on you. You're the commish. We need to schedule this night where Chris has to wear that freaking shirt. Yes, please, God. We all want to see it. Yes, we did. Let's make it happen. Not everyone. (laughs) Okay, everyone except for Chris. Everyone except for Chris. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will see you next month or whenever we see you or yeah. on Group Me or, uh, yeah, whatever. We'll talk to you in April. Till then, goodbye. April. <laughs> that was last month. Uh, June. Whenever it is. June. It's, see you later. It's May.